Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Jason Lipschutz, Billboard Senior Director of Music. There's a dog in the background, Jason. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? That is my uh, my little guy, Murray, who just got back Aww. from vacation with us, and he's a little bit rowdy after a long car ride. Murray. Can we need to have, like, Murray's hot takes on this show. He can be the next guest. He can be uh, next week's special guest. Oh, he can. I don't know. Maybe he likes music. Maybe he uh, has some thoughts. Maybe he reacts to certain things. I don't know. Um, well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about how Drake breaks a major Billboard Hot 100 record with his latest singles, Popstar and Grease, and how friend of the pod, Dua Lipa, hits number one on the pop songs chart with Break My Heart, plus... We'll get Jason's hot take on Taylor Swift's surprise new album, Folklore. Oh, baby. Oh, yeah. Plus, Keith, we've got an interview with Jesse Ware. Yeah. Um, a friend of the pod, Jesse Ware, as well. Uh, we chatted with the pop singer, songwriter, and fellow podcaster, I should mention, about her new dance album, What's Your Pleasure? Uh, so stay tuned for that in just a little bit. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, of course, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you never miss an episode and if you want to explore more podcasts from billboard visit billboard.com slash podcasts that is plural you do not want to miss the jesse ware interview just saying very fun um all right so let's do the chart chat first up as juice world's legends never die album holds atop the billboard 200 chart for a second week he will most certainly step aside next week from number one, as all indications point to Taylor Swift swooping in at number one with her surprise new album, Folklore. The album, which dropped with little warning last Friday, July 24th, already earned more than a half million equivalent album units over the weekend in the U.S., of course, according to initial reports to Nielsen Music MRC data. Now, unless something very, very, very unexpected happens, Folklore should debut at number one next week on the Billboard 200. Jason, what is your initial hot take on the album as someone who not only is someone who enjoys Taylor Swift's music, but also has interviewed Taylor, I believe, multiple times? That is uh, correct, Keith. Yeah, I, I really love it. And, you know, it, it's funny because I've really enjoyed her past few albums, like each one more and more uh, than the last. And I think that this is one of my favorite Taylor Swift albums. Um, wow. I love... Listen, I mean, here's the thing. I, growing up and in college and after college, I was a big indie rock snob. So uh, the National was one of my favorite bands. Bon Iver. Um, you were living. You were living for this now because the yeah. National and Bon Iver is on this album. Exactly. So you know, my worlds are definitely colliding. Indie rock past, pop present. Um, Taylor Swift is just an incredible songwriter. We'll talk more about it next week. But I, but two thumbs way up from me. Um. All right. Well. We'll see where Folklore ends up on next week's Billboard 200 chart. Uh, Place your bets. Uh, In other chart news, over on the Pop Songs Airplay chart, Dua Lipa's Break My Heart rises from number two to number one as the song was the most played track on top 40 radio stations last week. It's Dua's third number one overall and her second leader from her future Nostalgia album. So speaking of Dua Lipa, 
Keith, did you hear this news that she is collaborating um, with one of your one of your favorite artists? I can't really tell. Madonna. She is collaborating oh. with Madonna. You don't say. I mean, amazing. Uh, tell me more, Jason. What do you know about this amazing collaboration? So she announced on Twitter on July 27th that her future nostalgia song, Levitating, which is one of my favorite songs uh, on the album, will get a remixed by the Blessed Madonna featuring her idols, Missy Elliott and Madonna. Uh, the remix is due out on August 14th. I, 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 It's a shame to have to wait two and a half weeks. I can't wait to hear this remix. <laughs> two and a half weeks what are we going to do with ourselves um i'm super interested to hear what it sounds like we'll we'll find out in a couple weeks uh maybe they'll just overhaul the entire song so we'll see i don't know we'll see what happens well with that mention of madonna uh, that leads me to some more uh, madonna related news as the Mm. diva's long-standing record of having the most top 10 hits on the billboard hot 100 songs chart has been broken Now, from 2002 until this week, Madonna held the record for the most top 10s, but this week, Drake collects two new top 10s, taking his total count to 40, two more than Madonna's 38. Drake did it by way of his featured credits on DJ Khaled's two new singles, Pop Star and Grease, which debut at numbers 3 and 8, respectively, on the new Hot 100 chart. Keith, how are you doing? How are you feeling? How are you processing this news? Just just take me through your mindset. Well, it's thank you for asking. Uh, it's I, I appreciate your concern. Um, here's the thing. I mean, yes, it's no secret that I'm a huge Madonna fan, and I'm particularly enamored with this specific chart feat because I think it's an amazing, amazing chart statistic that Madonna has held for a very long time, so much so that I even asked her about it last year at the BBMAs backstage at the show where I specifically told her that she had the record for the most top tens and she said, I want more. But you know what? Records were meant to be broken. It's exciting to see chart records broken. Uh, I I will live to see another. uh, You've made your peace with it. I've made my peace with it. Well, congrats to Drake. Um, Switching gears a little bit, Keith, it is time for our interview with Jesse Ware. We both caught up with Jesse Ware. It's fun when we both do an interview together, Keith. Yeah. Um, we both talked to Jesse over Zoom recently to chat about her new album, What's Your Pleasure, uh, which scandalous nightclubs helped inspire the album, of course. What her Ooh. hopes. <laughs> oh. scandalous nightclubs oh that's an amazing phrase uh what her hopes are for how she wants to take this album on the road eventually and we somehow end up talking a lot about her going camping with her family and making s'mores uh it's honestly a delightful chat i really enjoyed it so take a listen to our interview with jesse ware Welcome back to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. Jesse. Ware, how are you? I'm really good. It's lovely to see you. We can actually see each other. It's amazing. Uh, the fabulousness of technology. How, how, are, how are things in like social quarantine land in London and lockdown? How, how, is, how are you doing right now? I'm all right. I'm okay. I kind of feel like we are kind of no longer in it. And now everyone just has to be very responsible, which hopefully everyone is. Um, You know, I, yeah, I feel like we've emerged from it and it's still quite miserable and nothing's right, but we're getting on with things. Have you traveled or anything recently? Have you done anything where you've kind of left London? 
Um, I've gone to Dorset, which okay. is um, in the south uh, east, uh, to see my parents in law mm. in my in laws. Um, tomorrow, I have to go camping. You have to. This go is camping. what. Well, yeah, because my oh, wow. husband thinks it will be the making of me, and I am a Jewish princess, and we don't <laughs> camp. So I am so sad. Please, can we carry this interview on for twenty four hours so I don't have to bloody camp? Yeah. Perfect. It'll be um, just so, a live stream for twenty four yeah, hours. Yeah. Help! It'll be like Blair Witch. I'll be there, be like, ah! Um, yeah. Anyway, so um, I am going camping tomorrow. So that is how much lockdown is pissing me off right now. That's no, I'm joking. That's really, uh, I'm joking. Um, I yeah, I'm camping, but I have booked a flight to Greece where I go every year. Hmm. And we'll see if I get there. Who knows? I think apparently Greece is, you know, if there's too many infection rates, if their infection rate rises, then they'll stop their flights. So you just don't know. It's a bit roulette at the moment. But, you know, um, I'm not complaining apart from the camping. I'm really complaining about the camping. Well, it's good to hear that you're doing well. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't blame you at all. Going going camping um, when you don't aren't aren't in a campy mood is is. It's no fun. I've, I've been there myself. I just, you know what? I have two children and my husband thinks they're going to absolutely adore it. And I'm sure they are. And I'm going to get that marshmallow on the old Barbie. And I'm going to do that thing of boiling water for my cup of tea in the morning on a barbecue and cry a bit. Until then, um, Jesse, we have an amazing new album from you. Um, What's Your Pleasure came out a few weeks ago. Uh, congrats again on it. Thank uh, you. We, I, I can genuinely say that a lot of the Billboard staff loves it, uh, and we talk about it frequently and t- debate our favorite songs frequently. Oh, I love that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, and obviously you've talked a lot about how this is a dance album, but do you, do you remember the moment in which you decided like the vibe of this album. Do you remember like a specific instance where you were like, Oh, this is what the direction of this album is going to be. I knew before I even did off my first session with James Ford, we talked, we were, we are friends. And I said, I want to make a dance record and I want to do it sophisticated. I want to do it like a Jesse Ware dance record. Um, and I want to have fun. And he said, I want to hear you on a dance record. I want to do this too. Let's go disco. Let's go boogie. Let's go house. And that's what we did. So we kind of knew what we were doing. And I felt like I was in great hands with James. And, you know, he reached out to um, producers like Morgan Geist, who's in New York, and um, and Midland, who's actually down the road from me. Um, and so it was really, it, it was wonderfully collaborative. But then I'd reach out to Kindness or... Joe Joseph Mount from Metronomy and it was just kind of it felt like the old days when I would just kind of be like hey do you want to work together and you just say yeah I think yeah I would like to work together and it was really nice as you said you said the word I think that really describes the album sophisticated because when I listen to it I feel very like this is like a mood a vibe it's very sophisticated it's a it's dance but kind of elevated and I'm wondering did you think like did you have kind of like a vision in mind when you made this of like where I want this to be played or kind of the vibe or like, did you have imagery in your head when you were making the album in any capacity? Oh my God, so much in imagery, <laughs> so much filth in my head. Um, Ooh, tell us I more. Mean, I, oh, I, 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 in my head, I was somewhere between Studio 54 and Berghain in Berlin. And, you know, it. that's where it was. And it was, you know, in, in, intentionally cinematic and you know that's why I 
went full whack with the old strings and horns with Jules Buckley, who's an amazing composer who I'd worked with when I'd been touring. I'd done this mini tour with a guy called Pete Tong that everyone knows. And I'd been singing kind of dance classics and it was really fun. And it was kind of, and Jules was the composer. So for me, I was like, I'm going to have that and I'm going to have that and it's going to be great. And so for me, absolutely, I was imagining it in the club, but in my perfect version of a club that, you know, would be, selling a dirty martini and a packet of salt and vinegar crisps, you know, like that's it. You mentioned Studio 54 and none of us have been to Studio 54 because Studio 54 doesn't exist again. But, you know, you always hear about it in sort of lore and legacy of like what happened because mm. cell phones didn't exist and cameras weren't inside. And But Bergheim is existing, well, not right now probably, but exists today. Have you actually been and can you fill us in on what it's like if you haven't signed a non-disclosure agreement? Ah, so I actually think that phones aren't even allowed in that. I'm not sure. Um, so very much about Burkine is a place where you don't know, much like Studio 54, you don't know if you're going to get in. Oh, yeah. And so there's this line and you got to hope that you look right or you're with the right person to get in. And it's like this kind of myth around it, but it, it was fact. But um, and there's this panorama bar that you know so many of my friends have DJed and they've kind of I remember my friend Julio Bashmore who I did songs like Running With and If You're Never Gonna Move With and um, Sweet Talk very much on the first record and he'd go and stay in he'd fly to Berlin and he'd get up at six o'clock to have his cornflakes and then he'd hop off to go and do a kind of sunrise set um at Berkheim and <laughs> that's kind of I mean he could have chosen to stay up all night and I don't know, do naughty things and whatnot. But yeah, that's how we do it. And it's kind of, I love this feeling that it's all about dance. It's all about keeping people dancing. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 um, it's a vibe. I was supposed to, I was supposed to play Berghain and then my like venue, the panorama you can play, like you can play the panorama bar. And I, there was talk with the promoter in Berlin that I was going to play it. And then like, I don't know, I got moved to another venue what? and I'm just still I don't know what happened whether it was a capacity thing or something but I got moved to another venue and so I still am yet to play Panorama Bar and this is like my dream for this record to play there well but have you actually just been to the club itself as just you no but I've heard plenty a story Jesse when you, you you know you talked about your shows what in it it just i can't wait to hear this album live i can't wait to experience this album live what me? have you imagined in terms of <laughs> i brought you so more than me i'm sure um what have you imagined in terms of in terms of performing these songs like what is like is it like total maximalism on stage no well i don't know it's a definitely a different setup so I really learned the hard way that touring with like a full band is quite costly and you can lose loads of money and it's really sad but this is the reality of being an artist that isn't massive but people really still like to watch me but anyway so I kind of learned that and decided that I wanted to do something that felt more economical and it's and I think people are far more forgiving about things being on track I always found like at the beginning of my career there were only three of th four of us on stage and I was triggering things with my MPC and like 
And it was kind of allowed. And then I think I got into this purist version where I was like, oh, everything must be alive. No, it doesn't. You see Rosalia killing it with dancers and loads of backing track. And she's killing it and she's singing and it's got a vibe. And so I was, I, I watched Rosalia and... And I was, I was kind of, and I was speaking to Kindness actually, who was, you know, really saying you need to be less purist about this. Like, um, it's too expensive to to play with full band. So, in my head, I was like, the the beauty of this record is that I can go with a DJ on my own and do PAs if I want, or I can bring my two trusty backing singers who are going to do the dance moves with me. And then that would be a slight more of a vibe. And then if we really want to go there and somebody wants to pay me the big bucks to be able to afford to play it, um, we bring in musicians, of course. Like my dream would be to have a couple of musicians, like a DJ slash kind of electronic wizard and two BVs. And we do choreography. You know, part of the reason why I've done so much choreography on this record um, on the visuals is because I'm going to do that in the live show because I'm going to have a damn good time with all my fans and they're going to know the dance routines because they're not too hard because I can do them and <laughs> um, and and that's how it is so it can kind of grow and it can grow and it can grow or it can shrink and it will still sound bloody good because I can sing live so that's it I'm just picturing now that you've said like sort of the vibe of the album and where you want to perform I'm like played in like like nightclubs and like cool intimate venues and then totally you know maybe mix it up and do and we know if you want to or can do larger venues with cool i mean all you need really it's it's a dance album all you need is cool lighting and amazing singers and you and that's kind of it and that's it and i think that's what's been so freeing about this that i want if i mean it's going to be interesting how i put in my other work and you can't, I don't think yeah. you can ignore your other work. I mean, in my in my dream, I'd be able to just present What's Your Pleasure like this, but I think it's not fair on fans that have been with me through thick and thin and from the beginning. You've got to play the other tunes. You've got to play Say You Love Me. You've got to play Wildest Moments, Champagne Kisses. Um, so it's going to be really interesting how to do that. But, you know, absolutely. I just remember playing Brooklyn Steel and I played two nights there, two sold out nights there. And I just thought... My fans are incredible. And when I talk about my American fans, they are off the blooming wall and they chat and they love me and I love them back. And we have such brilliant moments together. And for me, um, I just, I left that tour feeling like I needed to give them more energy. And that's what I did for this record. Well, Jesse, you know, you have the new album, but I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the fact that you also are a fellow podcaster. You have your own podcast, which I subscribe to, Table Manners. You and your mom make a fabulous meal for a celebrity guest. And uh, well, normally at non-COVID times, you would sit down at a meal with them and eat food and talk about food. And mm. it's very casual. And you've had some of our guests on recently. You had Dua Lipa on, you had Josh Groban, you've had Ellie Goulding. I'm wondering, do you think the podcast is actually affected or influenced your musical career in any kind of creative or business sense? Yeah, it's taken the business aspect out of the music, which is what I needed because I was Mm. doing this podcast that's doing really, really well and I was enjoying it and it felt fun. And I think music and the business side and the money side got really heavy for a bit and that's not fun and then that just like ruins creativity so it's definitely been something that the podcast has been incredibly empowering for me as an artist um to really feel like I can let go and feel 
free and creative again. So that was really amazing. And then, you know, um, I don't know this, the podcast is, I've, I think people have come to the podcast that maybe didn't even know anything about my music Mm. and, um, and then really like the podcast. So therefore potentially we're like, Oh, I'll give Jessie's music a listen because I have her in my ear every bloody week anyway. So I think that that's been really interesting to see how that's worked. I can never tell how much that's impacted on like, you know, the listens of this record, but I think it definitely probably has helped. I mean, I wouldn't have minded 75,000 bloody sales on my record in the first week, like we do on the old podcast, but you know, we're getting that's there. A, that's a few downloads. Um, I thought <laughs> yeah, it was really man. cute. I was listening to, I was listening to the Josh podcast and I thought it was cute at one point when I don't said, think oh, he knew who life, I was. I'm, it was hysterical. He didn't, he, what well, you said, Oh, I don't know. I'm a singer. And I'm like, how does he not know that you're a singer? I just, I, I, Josh was charming and so sweet and um, I loved how he got into cooking in lockdown and like I can't remember what he'd been cooking but it, he was having a lovely time with it but I yeah I just got I, I got the impression that I don't think he knew I think he just thought he was on the phone to like two Jewish women that wanted to like chat about food a bit <laughs> and so um, it was um, it was funny it's funny wow wow maybe um, he knew maybe he knew maybe he knew maybe, and that's really mean maybe We'll assume that he knew. He's a man of the world. Yeah. I'm sure he knew. Yeah. Well, Jason, um, Jesse, Jason, Jesse, <laughs> I, I believe I believe we have reached the end of our time together. Oh. Well, I mean, we short. could. Well, I mean, I mean, I could. I mean, I do you. have to. I I'd love to be here with you. Um, you have to prepare for camping. Other... <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. You stay with me. Oh, it's it's going to be fabulous. You're going to have an amazing time with two very little ones in the middle of the forest. It'll be amazing. Make some. Are you a s'mores fan? Well, that is probably the only reason that I am going because I have the chocolate biscuits and I have the marshmallows ready and waiting. They're definitely going to be a bit of a bastardized version of the s'more but I will happily do it. I've got a really funny small story. Well, it's not that funny. It's just quite sweet. And this probably won't go in this, but I remember I was staying at the Parker in Palm Springs, probably why I had no bloody money for the bloody last tour. But anyway, um, (laughs) and I was there and I think my husband, no, actually, yeah, I was after a promo run. I was bloody knackered. And we went to Palm Springs for a couple of days, my husband and I and um, our little girl. And we bumped into this um, couple that were getting married there the next day. So they were having one of those like pre-wedding parties and like the outdoors. I mean, the Parker Hotel's really fun. And um, they were a wonderful couple and they were massive fans of me. And I'm in Palm Springs and there's this fantastic couple getting married and they invited me to their pre-wedding party and we had smalls around the older fire. And, uh, and I loved it. It was great. Wow. Yeah, a, cool story. I love a good, I love a good s'more. I had, I had s'mores. Uh, my wife and I made s'mores in the toaster oven last night. Oh, oh, really? That? Tell me how you did that. Yeah. Um, just put, you know, put like graham cra- graham cracker on a plate. Put the chocolate on the graham cracker. Put the marshmallow. Wait until it melts a little bit, nice and hot. Put uh, a a a cool graham cracker on top mm. of all the hot s'more. Did it? There you go. How many Look did you have? <laughs> Too many. Um, yeah, did you feel too sick? Too many, yeah. <laughs> um, well, enjoy camping. Thank um, you. Or try to. <laughs> I mean, when I say I'm camping, um, I actually, I feel like maybe there's, I need to explain. You're in a hotel. The, the, the tent, no, the tent is already put up for you. So is that called glamping? Oh, that's fine. Oh. 
I mean, not that I would have put it up anyway. My husband would have. I'm a Jewish princess. I told you this. So, yeah. Was was the was the um, was the kitchen and the bathroom also installed for you on the campsite before you got there? (laughs) Oh, it's on suite. Totally. Yeah, 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 absolutely. (laughs) No, it's a hole in the ground. Um, Oh, well, this has been lovely. Uh, We we should let you go so you can actually enjoy your evening because you are a few hours ahead of us. Um, Jesse, this has been nothing but lovely. I knew that it would be a fabulous conversation, but as always, you don't disappoint because I could just, I think Jason agrees, we could just sit here and just chat with you about whatever. And that's the brilliance of you as a podcast host, but also you because it comes through in your music as well. So, Well, thank you. Thank you for all your support and your interest. I mean, you guys are very nice to me. So I I really appreciate that. Thank you. Hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully we will see you over in the States uh, soon when things are safer than they are now. And... um, and yeah, congrats again on, a, on an amazing album, Jesse. Thank you so much. Look after yourselves, hang in there, and I will see you on the other side of this mess. Thanks again to Jesse. Uh, such a pleasure, Keith. Oh, hey. Speaking with her. What a nice nod you did there to the album title. Oh, it's almost like someone who scripted that did such a great Just job. brilliant. Just really brilliant. brilliant. All right. Well, we've reached the end of our big shoe. Uh, next week, we'll have Murray on the show, I promise. Yeah. Um, uh, what song should we go out on? Um, let's go with uh, Say You Love Me by Jessie Ware um, from uh, her second album. And uh, big thanks again to Jessie. Yay. Let's do that. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Yeah. Just say you love me. Just for today